This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Hans Prahl, who is the founder and owner of the Florence Brewing Company down in Florence and a Wet Mountain Valley resident. He is also with the group that's hoping to reopen the feed store, restaurant, and park. Today, we're going to talk about one of his passions, ice fishing. Hans, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me. How is it shaping up at the feed store? I know that you're uh, looking to close pretty soon. Yeah, it's closing's right around the corner. Uh, we pretty much have everything uh, lined up to make all that happen. So right now, it's just a matter of uh, making sure all the paperwork's done for the uh, for the agents and for the seller and the buyer. And so my function is is more of um, I'm involved with the group, but my function is actually to kind of be the person on the ground running the feed store, coordinating events, uh, music events, things like that. We wish you well from a completely selfish point of view here at the radio station as we anticipate partnering up with some of our live events. Yes, uh, we're super excited. So let's talk a bit about ice fishing. Now, you like ice fishing and you brew beer. Is there a connection there? <laughs> well, I will say that there's many a ice fisher men, fisher woman who, who are out there that maybe might have a few beers on the ice. So <laughs> I could say there's probably some sort of connection. I'm just thinking that's true. So <laughs> now... My angling history is fishing for crappie at Lake Tenkiller in Spavanaugh Creek in eastern Oklahoma with my grandfather. Okay. And that was a long time ago. How did you get started in fishing? So it's kind of usually that's something, you know, that it's, it gets passed down from parents to children. And my dad really wasn't, my dad and my mom really weren't big fishermen. And so I just kind of took it on myself and just kind of started getting into it at a very young age. And it's just something that I've been very passionate about for, oh, I'm 45 now. So probably close to 30, 40 years, something like that. So I really just enjoy that being outside and, uh, and just everything that nature has to offer. I like that about skiing. I'm not a great skier, but I do like to get out in the mountains and out in the snow. And yeah, that's I'm, a good I'm, excuse. I, I love skiing, too. I actually used to be a, a ski instructor, like a level one PSIA ski instructor. So ah. I've been skiing my whole life, too. I, I like to do anything outdoors. Now, what do you like about ice fishing? I see cold temperatures, wind, logistic hassles. Uh, what's the intrigue for you? I, I like it. There's there's a lot of solidarity. So the, it's the closest thing I've found to, like, so if you're on a, if in order to get to really good, like, fishing spots generally, some that maybe most people ship fishing from the f uh, shore can't get to, you either have to have a boat or you have to have a way to get out into the middle of the, in the middle of the, and this good is point. specifically for lakes or bigger rivers. And with the ice, you can kind of just walk out there, you bring your stuff out, you know, you set up your little hut if you have one. And it's really, it's, it's this solidarity um, and it's, you know, some of Colorado and all over the country or the world, I think some of the, uh, the winter mornings and winter sunrises, because you really want to get out there pretty early are just majestic. And it's, it really kind of, kind of humbles you a little bit and kind of centers everything and makes you, makes you maybe hit the reset button if you need to. Uh-huh. That's so the solitude uh, yeah. is something. Yeah, is something solitude like. and camaraderie. Like uh, there's people that really like to go out and fish, and we, uh, you know, I, I go fish with them. So there, there's that as well, and it's it's just it's a unique experience that's not like any other type of fishing that that I have out that I've found, you know. And I've done quite a bit from offshore big game fishing to, you know, small creek fishing. 
you mentioned camaraderie. Are there common character traits for ice well, fisher I, people? I would say beer is probably one of those <laughs> common. One of the, no, I'm just kidding. I would just say the passion about fishing, and and I I really think that for some people it is it's a it's a drive because you want to make sure there's so many different variants of what you can do and what you can use and how you present it. And so being able to kind of share a hobby with somebody and you put all your hard work and effort into it really pays off, I think, in the long run. And I think it really builds and it fosters good relationships. So let's say I get bitten by the ice fishing bug. What's my day going to look like? It depends on where you go. However, we do have a really nice lake up here in Westcliff, Silvercliff area. Um, Lake Deweese. And so mm-hmm. most years it freezes over. And this year was actually pretty cold. So it, it actually turned out to be a pretty good year. But you want to get up, be on the lake probably before sunrise. That's usually there's the, there's a thing they call morning bite and a night bite. And so usually when the sun goes up and the sun comes down, fishing, depending on the species and the time of year and whatnot. But generally the morning and the evening are like that are the best times to fish. So Get up early in the morning, get there, drill a couple holes so you have big ice auger, kind of like a fence pole auger um, Mm -hmm. that drills a hole in the ice. They have ones that are mechanical. They have ones that you use by hand, electric ones. Uh, Drill a couple holes and basically sit there and fish. Now, you can use electronics. That's that's, kind of like a fish finder that you put down the hole so you can actually see the fish kind of come in and you can mark fish so you'll know if you're in the right area. And then you can move from spot to spot as necessary. And then just spend as much time as you want out there um, catching as many fish as you can. If I'm wade fishing for trout in the Arkansas, say in the fall, lots of thought goes into where I position myself for the best results. How do you do that on ice fishing? So there's there's a couple different tricks. Number one is obviously knowing the body of water that you're fishing in, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's by there's a lot of uh, groups online on social media that you can get involved with and people share fishing reports and kind of where to go but also from you know from that or from experience but if you have an underwater like topography map of the body of water that you're fishing you'll kind of know where there's some structure underneath because usually you want to find some structure or some points or you know um, where the where the fish are going to come through where they naturally might migrate through depending on, again, this, the type of species of uh, fish that you're fishing for. In Lake Deweese, what are the species you're after? So most people are after trout. They have they have really good selection of trout. There's some bigger ones and some small ones. There's also some bass in there, and there's some bluegill. I caught a few bluegill last summer. And then, of course, the elusive tiger muskie. Tiger muskie is the fish that they call the, the fish of 10,000 casts because they're, they're pretty elusive. But there's actually a pretty decent population of tiger muskie in Lake Deweese. Aren't the muskie more of a northern fish? Yeah, like kind of like... Midwestern thing? Yeah, pike, they're, they're predatory fish, and I'm pretty sure they were introduced to control because there's also a lot of sucker fish. So sucker fish are a bottom feeder, uh, and they can really destroy the ecosystem and uh, ecology of, uh, of like a body of water like that. So they've introduced the tiger muskie to control some of that, and they basically they, they help mitigate some of that stuff so but they do like cold i mean cold water you have a lot of the same conditions uh that you would have say up well not quite as cold as minnesota and uh, and wisconsin but some of the same similar conditions so the fish do thrive up here let me remind folks this is valley views and we're visiting with hans prowl on ice fishing right here in the wet mountain valley hans when you head out on a normal morning how many other folks might be out there 
fishing at the same time. Well, Lake Deweese was kind of a secret for, for many years for kind of some people that knew this secret spot. But uh, over the past several years, West Cliff, Silver Cliff, and Lake Deweese itself has become way more exposed to people who, who, who like to get out and do, do things on the lake. So before, you know, you'd go out like on a Saturday and you might see three or four other people. But like just this last season... You'd know you'd probably see maybe a twenty thirty people like the the that's the amount of people have grossly increased, and that could be due to you know the pandemic, but also I just think people are getting to know this area a little bit better as you head out on an ice fishing trip, what is all the equipment that you need to take? Uh, you mentioned an auger, something to get through the ice, but uh, what else does it take? So it's there's there's some similar equipment, but used, your your poles and are definitely more specialized. They're short, so they can be anywhere from 18 inches to say 42 inches, with somewhere around two to three feet being the 24 inches, 36 inches being kind of the norm, because you're fishing in this small eight inch hole, and so having a big long rod is not really conducive to that. And then the baits, the the type of lures, the type of stuff that you use to actually fish is going to generally be smaller, especially up here. The colder temperatures, the fish are a little bit more lethargic, and uh, they're they're a little more active early in the season because uh, there's still a lot of oxygen in the water. But as the ice stays on the water for the season, uh, it loses a lot of oxygen, and the fish become a little bit more lethargic until the ice actually comes off, and then then it's really good fishing when the ice is off. But as far as equipment, you can go anywhere from just spending maybe 30 bucks on a hand auger and a fishing pole and be able to drill a hole all the way up to thousands and thousands of dollars on big elaborate fishing huts that pop out and there's sleds you can hook up to your snowmobile and you know there's up in the Minnesota and Wisconsin I know it's pretty popular for for people to have huge trailers that they actually pull on the ice that's a big fish hut that's like a luxury RV. <laughs> so there's kind of the gamut under the sun is, is or there anything under the sun is, as, as you, you kind of want, but it's really easy to get into, but it's also easy to spend a lot of money on. At one point, and I suspect it's still the case now, fishing was the number one sport in the United States in terms of uh, amount spent on it and number of people doing it. So again, I, I just love any type of fishing. I think that it's, it's quite fun and being able to to you know, so I don't have to take a winter break and itching to wait for the spring to come out. It's really, it's really fun, and it really, you know, I, I like, like I said, I just love to be outdoors. So anything outdoors is a great thing for me. Is the choice of lure a critical piece? Yeah. So there's so in Colorado, any lake above seven thousand feet or any body water above seven thousand feet, you're not allowed to use live bait. So uh, a lot of uh, ice fishermen that are below that, if you can get to lakes, we'll use some live bait. And that's really attractive. Um, just, you know, some shiner minnows, things like that. But anything, it depends on, again, the species of fish, the species of fish that you're, that you're going for. And it's jigs and, and spoons and lures usually tipped with some sort of mealworm or waxworm, something like that. So it's similar to what you would do in the summer, except instead of casting out and reeling in, you just drop it to the bottom of the hole Figure out if you, you know, on your fish, if you have a fish finder, you can see what depth they are. Reel up or drop down to that depth and then just kind of jig there and try to get the, the attract there, you know, attract the fish with your, with your um, presentation. A lot of fishing in Colorado is catch and release. Uh, you mentioned trout. Uh, what is the case out on Lake Deweese? Yeah, Lake Deweese, there's a, there's a limit of four trout per person per day where you can actually go out, catch your limit. Um, and the trout actually in Lake Deweese are really 
I've they're they're red. Like if you fillet them open, the meat itself is red or pink, orange, and that's based off of what they eat. And I find the meat is not nearly as gamey. Sometimes trout can be kind of gamey. Uh, to definitely, it tastes a little fishy. Uh, this fish uh, tastes a little bit better. But yeah, there's there's definitely limits. And the Colorado Parks and Wildlife, you can go on their website, get one of their brochures, fishing regulations, and it'll tell you everything you need to know about what what you can do and where you can do it. Colorado is known for ice fishing. It's got the cold weather and got the bodies of water. Where else in the state might people go? Pretty much anywhere west of the I-25 corridor, depending on the the weather, is going to be frozen all the way probably almost to Grand Junction. So anywhere, mm-hmm. obviously, in the mountains. So 11 Mile Reservoir and Tarot uh, Reservoir are really popular up in South Park. Those are really big pop or really big fishing spots. Also, Cherry Creek Reservoir, Chatfield Reservoir, closer to kind of the Denver area. Portions of those freeze over, and those are good for fishing as well. And then you can get all the way up to Skagway Reservoir and go up to Terriol Reservoir, Twin Lakes out by Buena Vista, Leadville. So pretty much anywhere. Anywhere there's a lake that freezes, for the most part, they'll allow you to come out. So there's a really cool app that the Colorado Parks and Wildlife have created that uh, you can download and you can kind of filter in there and say, just show me lakes that have ice fishing. And it'll actually, you can select some of them and it's an interactive map. And so I kind of do that if I'm looking for a new spot and then get to know and call some people and try to find a local area. But yeah, there's places all over Colorado to do this. What about safety? Is there a certain ice thickness that you look for to uh, know that it, it's it's going to be all right? Absolutely. And so that's safety's the number one paramount thing because you definitely don't want to fall on the ice. That's <laughs> that's bad. It happens every year. But uh, they say two inches of ice, but I won't go out on two inches of ice. I got to have three, maybe probably four inches or more so that I feel comfortable walking on it. And then usually early in the season and late in the season, the early in the season when the ice is starting to grow, they have some like some bars. It's called a spud bar, but you basically are chipping on the ice in front of yourself to see how thick it is, just to make sure. And then there's they sell equipment that are like um, cold weather jacket and bibs that actually will float, mm. um, as well as some like ice pick tools in case you fall in to pull yourselves out and ropes and stuff. So I would definitely look into the safety aspect of it before you head out or just find somebody who's been out before and maybe they can help you. Mm-hmm. It sounded like you went out by yourself some, but it also seems like if you had a buddy that probably helps from a safety standpoint. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, I, I like the solidarity of just being able to go out. I mean, I saw some beautiful sunrises on Deweese this last winter, and, you know, there was I was the only person out there, and so that was kind of majestic. But it is definitely a lot safer to go with somebody else, and it's fun. You know, you kind of meet up and you talk about things and talk about life and you and your fishing person, you know. <laughs> so what's been your best catch, or what's a memorable trip that you think about? Well, I would say in, in Colorado, up, I went up to 11 Mile Reservoir last year. Last year was kind of the second real big year that I got into it. And I'm kind of one of those people that get really addicted to hobbies. So I kind of just jumped all in and, and did that. And so I went up to 11 Mile with a good friend of mine. And we ended, it was early in the season last December. And I think between the two of us, we caught something to the tune of 40 or 50 fish wow. in a very short period of time. And I think that was this, the kind of the, if you will, hook, line and sinker to get me to just <laughs> totally, uh, totally absorbed into ice fishing. And so it was, it just, the day was perfect. The weather was perfect. The company was great and the fishing was awesome. 
Hans, thanks for stopping by and uh, sharing with us the ins and outs of ice fishing. Yes, sir. I, and I did just touch the uh, iceberg, I'm sure. Um, but there's so many resources on YouTube and, and you know, on the, on the Internet out there for, for learning how to do stuff. And it's, it's fun. So I highly recommend it for anybody that likes to get out during the wintertime. Great. Appreciate you stopping by. We've been visiting with Hans Prahl, who's the founder and owner of the Florence Brewing Company, a wet Mountain Valley resident, and he's also with the group that's looking to uh, reopen the feed store uh, restaurant and park this summer. You can find him at any of those places and talk to him about his passion of ice fishing. My name's Gary. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 